0: Hi, Timmy Whispers here from Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The two-way V4 features groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam, creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Fuel cell gives you the ultimate energy return, ensuring every step feels explosive and dynamic. Fresh foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort for the entire game. The upper construction features a lightweight textile that reduces weight while remaining supportive and breathable. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way at NewBalance.com. Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, three-year, 30,000-mile complimentary maintenance, and America's best warranty. Ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. America's best warranty claim based on total package of warranty programs. See dealer for limited warranty details. Complementary maintenance included Hyundai approved oil and oil filter change, except for electric vehicles and fuel cell electric vehicles, plus tire rotation and normal factory schedule maintenance intervals for three years or 36,000 miles, whichever comes first. More frequent maintenance due to severe driving conditions or conditions is excluded. Offer valid only for new 2020 or 2024 Hyundai models purchased or leased on or after February 1st, 2020. See your Hyundai dealer for further details and limitations.
1: Yeah, setting the mood for episode Ooh. 19 of Stacey yeah. King's "Give Me the Hot Sauce." You know, Stinger's been doing a great job on the audio board. Yes, he we is. We brought in some uh, real high class professionals. Help
2: today. Uh, Rich professionals. Wyatt, you got some professionals today. Professional yeah. engineer, yes. he is, audio specialists oh, running annoying. the board. We, we, yeah. Hey, we yeah. don't cut any expenses here at <laughs> "Give Me the Hot
3: Sauce." Okay, I mean, we don't have anything to hot. pay. Rich, maybe a couple of peanuts, some hey, uh, pizza <laughs> to mix. Oh, we got peanuts. Oh, oh. And then wait a minute, we had John. What do you got his drink?
2: We got the bars open, everybody. The bar is open yeah. over there, this but what is, is this drink? This is called a, well, it's called a proper pineapple or a risky pineapple, and it's got the proper 12 in it <laughs> and some cracking and all kinds of fruity delights, right, Kinger?
1: We'll have to get our guy El to give us the uh, introduction, yes. proper number 12. Well,
3: I'm just going to say this. I'm going to say this about the old proper 12 drink, whatever this is he's got. You know, it, it's one of those drinks that hits you kind of slow. But when it hits you, you can feel it. Yeah. I'm on my second one right now, and I'm like, hey, man, I might have to call Uber. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it takes dri- drive home safely as <laughs> yeah, a whole new meaning. Yeah, a whole new meaning. Man,
3: Stinger. <laughs> Woo, yeah. just give me the hot sauce. Like, yeah. Oh, sriracha. Yeah, this
1: is episode 19, and we couldn't pay the royalties, so we couldn't run any steely Dan Hey, 19, but there have been some great 19s throughout the course of sports history, Ooh. going way back in the old-time days. Johnny Unitas. Johnny you. The old Johnny high you. top, black shoes, number Ooh. 19 for the Baltimore Colts. Willis Reed, the famous Game 7, where he came off in a couple of jumpers, limped onto the court. You think of guys like Tony Gwynn, Robin Yount, closer to home, our guy Jonathan Taves, the captain. We hope he can get back on the ice and join the 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 Blackhawks, who've had a surprisingly good season. So... We're very happy for people who have found us on YouTube. All our shows going forward are going to be on YouTube, and we appreciate you driving up the subscribers. We hope that continues in the weeks ahead. We want to thank all our fans overseas as well. We've got a big audience in a lot of European countries and Australia. Rumor has it we're the number one basketball podcast in Finland. So how about yeah, that? Wow, awesome. Finland! So I want, want to say shout hi out to all our Home listeners and viewers. Home of the
4: <laughs> well,
1: We're looking forward to get Lowry Markkinen back. We'll talk about that in, this, in our opening segment. So, thank you to all the people who are watching. Give me the hot sauce as Poland? it continues to get bigger and improve. Poland is yes. yeah, too. The Nobody says anything to that. I don't know nope. <laughs> Polish speakers. Sienowski, <laughs> <laughs> <Schnausky laughs> is the correct response. So,
5: okay. yeah, uh, yeah there you go.
1: All right, so we got that out of the way. I, I'd like to say, a, yeah, special, John a special special shout out,
2: shout out to uh, my man Phil Link, the monster graphics for the the behind you, our new logo, and the animations that we're using on the Give Me the Hot Sauce on YouTube. Uh, Monster Graphics, Phil Link, you're you're a rising star, and we appreciate you having on us, you on the team here in the Give Me Hot Sauce team.
4: Well,
3: I got a special shout out right, we're good, doing good. special shout outs. you don't uh, mind?
2: No, uh, go uh,
3: go. What, uh, what go. am I asking you for? It's my show <laughs> yeah. anyway. So yeah. so, yeah, you got your banner. I, my banner here, if you yep. guys can see that banner yep. behind Stinger, yep. Yep. my boy Pete Gonzalez down in Orlando made this beautiful banner back here to kind of. Uh, highlight some of the things that we had and you all, know, the, king just, all the king sayings and we've got our little animation keep guy going, going. so shout out to my boy Pete Gonzalez who did a really good job on this banner and it's taking us to another level we're looking professional now people we're not looking like we're coming out of our back of our trunk you know uh, <laughs> so uh, I, like no, trunk. I, I like the trunk <laughs> but now we're moving up we you know we're going from you know we're going from the trunk to Cadillac and now we've you know we're moving up a little bit are like we the on, Jeffersons are we moving on up to the deluxe <laughs> Yes. apartment at hey, oh. the
2: top. We're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we finally got a piece. I'm, I don't know. This right. is drink man. You got oh, me thinking of Jefferson's right
3: now. Okay. Right. The oh, show's oh, always oh, a lot odd.
1: different when we tape at night. There's oh. no question about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> John's looking to the star in the remake of Cocktail. Oh man!
3: Oh, no. I ain't lying. At first, I, I I thought it was crazy seeing him over there shaking it up with a shaker. And, yeah. You know he's out. He, you know before you know he had a tank top on shaking. a white beater oh, on, Bruce. and he was sweating. We made him put on. a made him put on the bubble up sweatshirt.
2: Yeah. So we stopped looking out. at him. Okay. So
3: yeah, just, you know I didn't want to see that man. Hey, let me
2: you. let me tell you something. Everybody thinks it's all fun and games back there behind the bar, but <laughs> man, it's a lot of work. You gotta always. Be cleaning as I told my brother in law years ago, dude. You're always going to be cleaning the bar, you can't, you got to be moving and cleaning. And there's a lot of work to make that plate look. Look how good that looks back Show there. Show it back there. Show it there. Can
6: you see it? We yeah. did get a video of John creating yeah. his masterpieces. Look at and that. I'm going to put it in the bubble up folder if anybody yes. wants to check it out, and we'll put it on YouTube. Yeah,
1: and next week he's going to the recipe.
3: Will the recipe of this drink be in the bubble yeah, up? Absolutely. Yes, sir. Okay, absolutely. So, hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen. You little kids who are listening, just drink the pineapple juice. Don't do anything (laughs) else but have pineapple juice. But you adults, for an adult beverage, make sure you get that recipe because it's going to be a great drink in the summertime. It goes down smooth.
2: It does. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's like
3: really drinking a fruity drink. And then it just hits you slow, like it's like it's like like fog, it killing me comes, softly. It just comes up and
2: it just grabs you by the throat. Hey, hey Southside, I think we're taking Stacy home tonight. <laughs> I already got an Uber on speed down there, buddy.
6: I'm, okay. I'm drinking water. Yeah. Anyone who's yeah,
1: drinking so water. I can drive everyone home. Okay, Stacy's talking about the Roberta Flack, killing me
5: softly.
1: <laughs> Well, we, we should talk about some sports maybe along the way. Yes, we got an yeah. all-star cast here, a couple of <laughs> shout-outs out of the way. But it was all-star weekend or all-star one day in Atlanta as uh, Commissioner Adam Silver made sure that everybody got in and out of Atlanta safely. The game itself, though, you know, the one in, in Chicago last year, Stacey, was so much fun. They had the Elam ending, and they were battling it out, and they're playing defense at the end. This was back to some of the games we've seen in recent years where there was absolutely no defense. Just go ahead and dunk, and Giannis went 16 for 16 and walked away with the MVP. Just not fun to watch.
3: Yeah, I mean, I was more excited that Zach made his first right. appearance in the All Star yeah. game. I was happy for that, but just the the game itself. I mean, you know, I, I tweeted out earlier like, "Is can anybody play some defense just for a quarter? Just give me a quarter. I would be happy. <laughs> just <laughs> one quarter. I you mean, literally, like there. I mean, just little, give me a quarter. Just one quarter. <laughs> Twelve I mean, minutes. All ass. Literally every single time, <laughs> every time someone got the ball, it was almost like the parting of the Red Sea. You know, somebody had the ball at the three-point line, they just opened up and they went to the basket. Here's my thought process on this. And, you know, Jordan, those guys, and Larry Bird and those guys never did that. They always competed, okay? And when you're the best, this, you know, the all-star game represents the best of the best, okay? And so where is the competitive nature? If, like, when we were growing up and kids and we were playing AAU basketball, and I was going up against the top player in California or the top player in Chicago, I wanted to play that guy because I wanted to see where I stacked up against this guy who was to be in the higher rank than I was. So when you go after him, you're not showing him any respect. You're going out. I want you to know I'm just as good as you. I want you to know that, you know, we're, we're not on the same level. You may have a little bit more press clippings than me, but when you leave this venue tonight, you're going to know this kid from Oklahoma just bust your ass. Okay, He's just <laughs> telling you. Okay, and that's what I like to get back to because, you know, LeBron James is arguably the best player in the league right now but there are a lot of people ready to challenge him for that mantle. I would love to see you know, these guys go at each other. I would like to see them, they're the best of the best. You know, play defense, shut somebody down. Somebody go out and try to shut James Harden down or Kyrie Irving. Let's see the defense. Let's see people take it, you know, a
1: little pride in their games. And with the new format, they play each quarter is a winner, and whoever gets the quarter gets money donated to their charity. But the problem is that that team Durant got shut out. Unfor- you know, the nice thing was the league stepped in and they kicked in 500 grand to their charity. But when you looked at it, Kevin Durant was out because of an injury; he wasn't going to play. And even when we when they televised the All Star Draft, you could tell. Kevin Durant didn't really care about how he's putting the team together. He took Kyrie Irving with his first pick for starters. He took James Harden, he's both teammates. You got to play with those guys. Yeah, oh, I, I get it. I, yeah. Get, yeah. It. I get it. Yeah. play with those but, guys. <laughs> but when you look at the team that LeBron put together, you knew before they even threw the ball up in the air, it was, was going to be a whooping. Well,
3: and, you know, just with the drafting process, if Kevin Durant wasn't going to play, then somebody else should have been elevated into that role. And maybe those teams would be totally different, okay? Whoever was the second highest vote getter in the Eastern Conference, maybe should have been in that role. Kevin Durant wasn't going to play. He's still labeled an all-star, but let that other guy pick the team because maybe it's a whole different ball game then. But my my thought process on the whole thing is, okay, let's say LeBron gets the number one pick, okay? So he picked – I don't know who's number one pick. I didn't even watch it. it was Giannis. 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 Okay, he, he takes Giannis. You automatically on the Eastern Conference has to match up with Giannis. You got to pick someone that can match up as close as you can to Giannis. And then when he comes back to his second pick, let's say he picks Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. Now you got to match up with Damon Lillard, another guard to go against him. And then that way you kind of balance out the teams and you kind of equal the, you know, balance it out and have some equal, you know, game. And then now you can play real defense. Now
1: you can actually see who's the best at their position. But, see, LeBron has an understanding. Any team he plays on has to have the most overloaded roster that exists. Wow, yeah. man. I mean, wow, he's gone from wow. team to well, team. Wow. Hey, hey he's hey, the Peter best. The house. He, he's Peter the all-time the GM. Yeah, di- didn't he
2: um, send out some love to Seth Curry? Like, uh, you know, it's great having, you know, as your teammate and stuff. It wasn't that after yeah, the game? Yeah, 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 I don't think that's going mean, to work listen, out, though. Listen, yeah. listen. I don't think he's going to get Steph LeBron to come LeBron James
3: could be the greatest GM over the last 10 years. of his yes, All <laughs> right? So, you know, I mean, he has a way. there's always this this underlining thing with him. You know, he knows what he's doing, man. He's a very smart guy. He's getting all these guys on the team. You got Giannis on the team. You know, hey, Giannis, yeah. you know, come on out there with me and Anthony Davis, you know. You can shoot threes yeah, all day. Yeah, you, you, yeah. Hey, you can miss all day. We don't care. <laughs> we'll get the rebound. Come on out, man. You yeah. know, I'll oh, make yeah. the game easier for you. The superstar Trying, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what they did back in the Olympics when all those those young kids, Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony and Chris Paul and LeBron James, when they're on that Larry Brown you know, Olympic team, you know, those guys all got together and they talked like, hey, man, it'd be really nice to play on the same team. So that stuff was going on way, way back then. How do you think they got Anthony Davis? Yeah. You know, LeBron mm-hmm. picked him on the team, yeah. on the all-star yeah. team, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. started talking and then he got the same agent.
1: Yeah. Huh. Remember about uh, 15, 20 years ago, they decided to suspend the dunk contest for a couple of years. They said, you know what, oh. this isn't that much fun anymore. We're not going to we're not gonna have it. And then they had the three-point contest last, put that in the feature position. Well, the dunk contest had a, re- a revitalization with Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon putting on a couple of oh, great yeah. shows. But then, you know, they kind of rushed to get this thing together, and they brought in three guys with low profiles to be in the dunk contest, and they jammed it in at halftime instead of having a musical performance. Uh, it just kind of fell flat, Stacy. Now people are wondering: should we keep doing the dunk contest?
3: Yes, yes, you yes you should keep doing the dunk contest. You just got to get better judges. Guys that understand how difficult it is to get out there on that floor to do those dunks. See, what happens a lot of times, guys, is that you get spoiled. You know, you see a guy do a spectacular dunk and you think everybody can do it. Well, if everybody, if, if, if that was the case, you know, everybody could do it. You can't do those, some of these dunks. The dunk the kid Cassius uh, Stanley had.
4: Yeah. The, okay. The first to, dunk. To, awesome. to
3: give him a 44 was a joke. Okay. Worst case scenario, 48. But best case scenario, I thought it was a 50. I called 50 right from the start. And I thought when they gave him that 44, it changed the whole complexion. It set of how the tone of the telecast. It, it, it just showed, it, sure. just, it really kind of messed his thinking up. Yeah, people his, were thinking his, this is going to be a disappointment. That's it. His confidence was yeah. gone after
2: that. Yeah, and I like to add, you know, I watched it with Southside, and then I watched the Twitter feed. And I have to say that the telecast, the, the guys – they were over the top, but when you watch those dunks and the beautiful replays in the slow-mo, that's some that's some artistry. And I was very impressed with all three guys. Spoken like a producer director. Yes. But I mean yes. it's, that's but but that's what the <laughs> dunks is good. I mean the, yeah. the camera angles. You didn't have those camera angles 15, 20 years ago. No, you didn't. And I just thought the guys overhyped it and they were talking over each other and like they set the tone when Cassius didn't get the 50, and it was like, okay, why am I watching? All right, yeah. I guess. Well, you know. and and then, you know, what, what I believe is, is that this is the reason why
3: guys don't do the dunk contest anymore. When you don't have the best guys doing it, they're skipping it because of stuff like this. You know, guys giving, you know, wrong scores, you know, they think their dunk is better, and then all of a sudden they get like a seven. It's like you know? ice skating. Yeah, it's they're, they're, hold, yeah. they're
6: holding the big yeah. stores. But... Oh my ice goodness! Ice
3: Yeah, the oh, Eastern wow. European block. Yeah, wow. but I, I think what they should do to higher rating. Ice skating. Here's what I'd like to see. Okay, this would this would spice the dunk contest up. Okay, you get NBA players, whoever your best NBA players. Let's say just say you get two, three NBA players. Then you go out there and get you know some of these guys that are professional dunkers. You know uh, that do all these shows and tricks and stuff.
1: Oh yeah, those guys have, are great. Yeah,
3: have them come in and go up against an NBA yeah. player. Yeah, like pro. Yeah, pro. And and, oh, and 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 oh, then yeah. and then and then think about the excitement. Think about how crazy that would be if one of those guys beat an
2: NBA player.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, that'd be fun to watch. I'd
2: yeah, would. Wa- and I'd those guys that. can really I think get up. People would wait, watch that. Wait, wait, wait. That. Are you saying competition? Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm saying oh. definitely competition. Oh, I don't. Comp-
3: yeah. <laughs> Okay, I've same doubt just- same now, now the three-point contest will always be exciting because that that you know You have to be able to shoot. That's a skill level So that's always going to be exciting the skills contest, you know this goes to show you how skilled big guys are. I mean, for two big guys, Sabonis and Jokic in the in the finals. I mean, come on. I mean, if you would if that would have been a bet, if somebody said, All right, bet me with these two guys make it to the final, you wouldn't have bet on those guys. No. no, no you would have no. never bet on those guys. But for them to be in the finals, well, I was like, wow. Is and that, Luca
1: couldn't throw a pass into a circle. Wow. But see, Luca needs to be no looking. He was too
3: busy focusing on the hole. He should just yeah. turn his head and yeah. boop, knocked it in there. <laughs> yeah, he, he's but I I was I was really I know I know Jokic and, and Sabonis are really skilled. That's the second year in a row that Sabonis has made it to the finals. Mm-hmm. So that tells you, man, I mean these big guys are more skilled than we give them credit for.
1: No question about that. And we talk about the dunk contest. A past dunk contest champion Blake Griffin was in the news over All-Star Weekend. He was bought out of his contract with the Detroit Pistons, and he quickly jumped on the bandwagon of the Brooklyn Nets. They have the superstar trio of Durant. Harden and Irving, and now they add Blake Griffin. But we talked about it on a past podcast. He used to be a, a slam dunk champion jumping over a Hyundai. He struggles to jump over a reporter's notebook now. He hasn't wow, dunked since hurt. December of 2019. <laughs> that hurts. He's a fellow Sooner. Okay, I'm not oh, getting that's it. right. Listen, yeah. you don't talk yeah, about a yeah, Sooners We got Sooner the Sooner logo.
3: You yeah, get, you yeah can't exactly. See it you're oh, not, yeah, 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 you not going to talk about my man, Blake Griffin, like that. He, Hey, listen, he may have lost some of his athleticism, but Blake Griffin is still has a high basketball IQ. He can shoot the three, pick and pop, and he gives them He gives them a guy later on as they get in the playoffs. I mean, who in the East is going to match up with them now? What? Yeah, they're going to yeah, be tough who, to match who's up Who's going to be matching sure. up with them? Okay, so they're looking long-term. They know they see a vision of them playing the Lakers. That's what they're looking at, you know, because they feel the Lakers are going to come out of the West. I don't see anybody beating them in the East. I'm just even before they got Blake Griffin, I didn't see anybody beating them. <laughs> yeah. I'm being honest. So now you get Blake Griffin, and so you you kind of solidify your bench a little bit by bringing an All Star off. The guy's going to play 25, you know, 25 minutes a night. You save him; he doesn't have to worry about. It. And he has something to prove too. I think he'll be motivated to play like he's used to playing. So um, they're loading up for the Lakers, man. And um, you know, I think the Lakers now have to answer. You know, you hear Drummond.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I know you talked about the fact that the the Bulls may show some interest in Andre Drummond in a trade before March 25th, which is the trade deadline. But if he gets past that point and he's bought out of his contract, I mean, he hasn't played since February 12th with the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Lakers would be lying in wait trying to sign that guy.
3: He
1: would he would be. I mean, honestly, I could see why the Bulls would even entertain that. You know,
3: after running into Embiid in the Eastern Conference, and you may face him in a one in. Uh, eight matchup. Right. right. You make the eight spot. Um, You know, I could see why they think that, but on the, on the, on the same thing is, I mean, what would you give up? I mean, it's an expiring contract. Do you give up Otto Porter? Who's an expiring contract, you know, trade the the contracts with each other. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not in that position, but I will, I will say this is that, you know, people ask me all the time, is it really worth the bulls making the playoffs this year? You know? And, and I say, hell yeah. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, because you've got so many players on that team who have never experienced a playoff. You've got Zach Levine. You've got Kobe White. You've got, you know, you've got, you know, Patrick Williams. You know, you've got, you know, Wendell Wendell Carter Jr. Lowry Marketing. You've got so many young players that any experience is good experience. You want them to understand when they get into the playoff, whether they're the eighth seed or whether they're the sixth seed, you want them to get the mentality that this is what we are playing for. This is what the goal is to make the playoffs every year and try to win a championship. These guys of the last few years have just been playing. They have just been hoping, you know, they're not going anywhere. Their season's over in April. Yeah. So that's all they had. They didn't get to go to the, the bubble. bubble. Yeah. Had they got to go to the bubble. I think they would have got an experience of a lifetime there. They didn't get invited. Now you should have a chip on your shoulder if you're them coming into the well, season, which I think they have.
2: Well, I think, but don't you, you know, they might have to give somebody up then. And that's you know if you want these guys to experience the playoffs, what to get Drummond? Well, Drummond? well, I mean Drummond or somebody, they might have to give up an asset if they want to get something. returned. You, know, you give know, up a pick no. to get him from no. Cleveland. No. Okay, no.
3: I wouldn't. I, let me just say this: I, I in in AK we trust. That's my motto. Okay, because he's already shown me that they, this is they know what they're doing there. Okay, they've hit a home run with Garrett Temple. They hit a home run with Patrick Williams. Okay, and now what they're doing is, and you got Billy Donovan. Okay. This team is a totally different team than the last two years. Okay. They they compete. They have a different mindset when they come to the games. Yeah, have they lost games they should have won? Yeah, they should easily be three games over 500. Honestly, they should be. Yeah. Okay. But with that said,
2: they're winning games it, it's, more. It's a
3: different mindset. You know, games where, you know, when they would be down 20, 25, you know. It's a reverse this year. They're up 20-25, and they're giving up the games. You know what I'm saying? Last year, they were down 20-25 points, and then they'd have to hustle and try to get back in the games, and they'd run out of gas. This year, they've had leads where they've been up 20-25 points, and they've lost games. So they have to learn how to win with
2: success. Yeah, and I think the Pelicans game was impressive because they lost a couple, and they came out and set the tone right away. But I just want to go back. I think it was episode six or seven. One of those earlier episodes that I was Where talking you about. Well maybe <laughs> maybe you couldn't hear me talking about how great Andre Drummond was and one oh. watching him one night and thinking this guy oh. works, he gets rebounds. And you, what did you say, Chanel? Empty stats. Yeah. Oh, and now you're I other... stand by that.
1: Okay. Listen, oh, I stand okay. By okay. That. Listen, you know, I, I don't want them to get
2: Andre Drummond.
1: Okay, man. You
3: know what? He's the only one who remembers that. I don't remember any of that. <laughs> yeah, you know when Aaron? He's, he's got notes. He's, yeah, he's got, he's, yeah know, he wrote I, it down. I got a on something, I'm going here. You know? Ah, uh, yeah. No one even knew he yeah. was going there. It's not even in the notes. Not. He just had that. He just had that put in there as no. we were going up.
2: Okay, we no, know you pick drumming. Okay. Yeah, I, okay. I, I I I think if uh, if Drummond gets on, the, and I hope he does. I think you
1: mentioned that in the context of the Cavaliers getting off to a 3-0 and start. What's yes. their record yeah. now? No, yeah. no, no, no,
2: no,
4: no. Okay. <laughs> there, yes, we're
6: going to have no, to go no, no, back and check the no, no, no. we gotta
1: check the no, files. We were talking because they
2: had Javal McGee and Thon Maker and, and uh, Andre Drummond. They had like four centers, and they were <laughs> going the reverse. Well, the Bulls have four centers. Yeah, yeah. And, well, I mean. Like, I
3: just, me personally, I mean, if you don't have to give up a lot for him. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Porter, sure. okay? But if you, I mean, if he's going to get bought out, you know, I mean, you he, he, you you have an opportunity to go after him. Then I don't want to give up any anybody that we, right. that is going to be in our future. Okay. Yeah. Because we, what we have going right now is, is I know a lot of times people get frustrated, you know, with Wendell Carter Jr. Or Lowry marketing. But at the end of the day, man, they're talented kids. They're, they're, they're playing for a coach this year. That is getting the best out of them. Lowry, before he went down with injury, Lowry, the games he's played, he's killed. Yeah. He's killed. He gives he gives the Bulls a second reliable score every night with Zach Levine. He's just been hurt.
1: That statement sponsored by our friends in Finland, <laughs> huh? number one basketball. Wow. Podcast. Wow. Yeah,
4: number basketball. Us. wow! No, but I
1: mean it really will help to get Lowry back yes. because they've had lineups at times where they've got Thad Young playing small ball center. You got Garrett Temple and Patrick Williams in there. Sometimes they even go smaller with Garrett Temple and yes. Denzel Valentine. Getting Lowry back gives them another three point shooter. It opens up it'll open up some driving lanes for Zach and it'll give them at least another guy who can get some defensive rebounds because at times they struggle to control the defensive. Well plans.
3: and and too, Mark, you've watched them too, where they've gone quarters where they have a hard time scoring. If right. Zach's off the floor You know, sometimes they go through stretches where they don't score and you need someone that can score. You know, if Thaddeus Young comes off, gives them a spark, you know, but you can't rely so much on certain guys every single night, you know, because the the whole game, the complex of the game changes depending on matchups. So Lowry gives you a legit number two guy. And if he's healthy, he presents a problem. Somebody asked me this the other day, if you had a chance to take, you know, Porzingis or Lowry marketing. And I, and I, I think uh, that
2: was
1: Stinger.
3: I don't know who it was, but I was like, was it you, Stinger, that asked yeah. me that question?
2: What was the question again? It's not in the Porzingis. format. <laughs> if you would
1: trade marketing for Porzingis. Porzingis. No. Well, I'm just... What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <Absolutely laughs> can not. He's seven foot three inches oh, of statue. Oh, man. He can't find No, this. no, it's what? too late, man. It's too late.
3: I already gave you the live <laughs> version. The moment's gone.
4: <laughs>
2: <The laughs>
3: hey. The moment's gone. No.
4: I'm
2: just... Listen, I'm just... There's a... Look, at the end of the day, I hope the Bulls make the playoffs too. You know, I, I think it would be good for the NBA. It's good for the league. But at the end of the my only concern is there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions on this team, on this roster, and I know that you gotta trust the process, but I just don't know when they're gonna make the answers. And one of the answers is will they make the playoffs? And then what do they do with marketing? And then where do they go with Zach Levine? But there's how, sure about, how about we get that,
3: to the playoffs first? Okay. And then worry about all that later, because at the end of the day, Lowry is a restricted free agent. So no matter where he goes, the Bulls can match just like they did Zach. So they're right. they're not in a hurry to they they let Mar- let Lowry set the market, and they're not going to let him walk. Trust me on
2: that. And I just hope that the offense does run through him a little bit, because when I remember covering him in that rookie year and how dynamic he was and what he could do on the three point line and then post players up, you know the mismatch. You know he's he's a game changer and I just hope that they can get the ball to him a little bit more they are
3: they okay. they are I mean okay. he I mean he was there was a game where he had a couple stretch where he had 30 points you know in like two or three games in a row okay Lowry Lowry is his who the per, only person that can stop Lowry is Lowry himself exactly okay Lowry is super talented Lowry is a, has all-star capabilities yes okay he does. does it mean he's gonna be an all-star no but he has the tools to be an all-star caliber player. You, let me tell you something. You can't find anybody at the cottage level right now, seven-footers, that does what Lowry does right now. They're all in the NBA. Those guys are in the NBA right now. So if you're trying to say, well, let's get draft picks, and let's, you know, two, three years down the road, you're not going to find guys like him. Right. He, when you talk unicorn, that's a unicorn, a seven-footer that can step out and hit threes consistently, can put the ball on the floor, rebound, post up, He's having his best year since Fred under Billy Donovan.
1: Yeah, and hopefully the Bulls can get Lowry Markin and back in the lineup very shortly after this All-Star break. You know, Stacey was mentioning it. Sometimes the Bulls struggle uh, to score a little bit. One guy who could always light it up quickly The great Jamal Crawford, three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year. He is this week's special guest on Gimme the Hot Sauce. We will visit with Jamal Crawford, ask him about his Seattle buddy, Zach Levine, and a whole lot more as John mixes up another batch of drinks and Gimme the Hot Sauce rolls on. We are so excited to welcome in our special guest on episode 19 of Stacey King's Gimme the Hot Sauce. It is the great Jamal Crawford. You can follow him on Twitter at jcrossover. We know all the accomplishments he's had in his NBA career. A three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, all-time leader in NBA four-point plays. He scored 50 points with four different organizations, which is just incredible to think about. And he's still going strong at age 40. Jamal, welcome to the show. I noticed that you got a birthday coming up in about 10 days, but I guess your thoughts are still that I'm in great shape. I can play the rest of the season if some team wants to bring me on on board.
5: Absolutely. I forgot I had a birthday, so you just told me. I lost lost the space out there, but no, I feel really good. Obviously, um, you know, playing in the NBA half my life, kind of figured out, you know, what works for me and, and what I could do to kind of prolong that and I feel really good. Hopefully a call comes, and, you know, if so, I'll be ready.
3: Talk about a little bit. of Bulls fans remember you coming from University of Michigan and having some really exciting times here. You know, you were a really exciting guard when you were here. Uh, you were just learning how to play the NBA game. Uh, give a little bit of uh insight of what your experience was playing in Chicago those first four years.
5: I love Chicago. Chicago is an unbelievable city. I felt like I went from, like, a boy to a young man there. You know what I mean, and just figuring it all out, like you said, I had so much to learn. And when you're in it, you're like, "No, I'm ready. I got this." But then when you see, you know, the pros like Bryce Drew or Fred Boydberg, and and learning that you know being on time is being early, and just you know how to dress, how to carry yourself. You know, I'm 19, 20 years old coming to a team that just you know won championships, you know, plural, uh, just a couple years before. You know, so I didn't truly understand what I was walking into. I was kind of learning on the job, and I really learned how to be a pro and be a vet when I got other vets around me. and I saw what what it was really about and I started figuring out the NBA game, and and I really, really enjoyed my time in Chicago. I really, you know, put myself in the community. Uh, I was at the IIT playing games. I was all around the city playing games, uh, doing stuff with local boys and girls clubs and things of that nature. So I really loved it there.
1: Hey, Jamal, I wanted to ask you about your last year with the Bulls. Uh, they brought in a couple of veterans. Kendall Gill and Scottie Pippen played that year. I worked with KG for about 14 years doing the pre- and post-game shows, and and he said that, that he really enjoyed working with you, that you were like a sponge that wanted to learn things. What was it like that particular season, kind of a transition? They went from Tim Floyd to Bill Cartwright, and they were trying to get the program back on track. How important is it to have veterans like that to help young players along? Because that's kind of what the current Bulls are going through right now.
5: Yeah, and a lot of the league is going through it, to be honest with you. I just think having vets in any field, obviously we're talking about the NBA, but, you know, if you if you go to Microsoft and Steve Ballmer and Bill Gates are there, you want to learn from guys like that or guys who have been there, right? If you want to be the best photographer, you go study and, and mimic Andy Bernstein and kind of follow him and shadow him. So I think in any field, when you have vets there, they make the transition a lot easier. You know, obviously experience is the best teacher, uh, but if you can learn so much from somebody who knows the ropes and knows – uh, just the lay of the land, you know. For Kendall, he was one of the ones I saw dressed real nice all the
4: time. He didn't have to say <laughs> I was just observing. and I could see it. And I was like, man, this guy's a pro, you know. And he had a driver thing, you know. He didn't, you know, when he's, I'm like, well, why does he have
5: a driver? He didn't want to fight traffic, you know, and keep his mind focused on the games and stuff like that. So I'm just learning how to be a pro and, and be a sponge and having those big guys, I think, set the foundation for my career. in turn, you know, I, I try to do that with the course of my career for younger players as well.
3: You know, people people talk about in the big cities. New York has, uh, you know, schoolboy legends, and you know, you got Chicago has it. L. A. No one ever talks about Seattle and how many guys are actually produced out of Seattle, out of the Washington area. I mean, there's a whole list of guys yourself. You got Doug Christie, um, you got Nate Robinson, um, Terrence Williams, Kevin Porter Jr., Deontay exactly. Murray, Zach Levine. I mean, there's a ton of NBA players that have come out there and you never hear anybody talking about Seattle and the talent that comes out of there.
5: Yeah, we, we've been slept on for a while. To be honest with you, when I was coming out of high school in 1998, it was just a big thing to go to Division One. Like, if you could say you're going to the University of Arizona like Jason Terry, go to Pepperdine, go to Michigan. You know, for us, that was like going to the NBA at the time. Because you know, it was Doug Christie, it was James Edwards, it was Clint Richardson. That was really it. Wow. You know, from our areas, yes. three guys in the NBA. So that wasn't like the, the goal. You know, we dreamed about it, but that wasn't the goal. And then you see a Jason Terry go, and you see Doug Christie come back, and then you see the Sonics in this area with the Sean Camps and the Gary Payton's really throw themselves in the community, George Carl, and start AAU programs, start basketball camps. And now you're around these pros and they're saying, you know what, you can make it. And you're like, wow, you know, you have a, a, the glove. This is 96. They just went to the finals. You know what I mean? You have a guy of that stature saying you can make it to the NBA. You have a guy like Doug Christie saying come train with me, come work out with me, you can do it. And that gives you like a whole different fuel, you know, and then when you see that, and you start seeing guys like Jason or myself or Brandon Roy or Isaiah yeah. Thomas and all these guys, Nate Robinson, start going to the NBA and we're still here in the community and the kids can reach out and touch us. They can text us, any of that, they can get to the gym with us, then they start believing. And then it just creates this whole like basketball community, and we all root for each other. There's an eighth grader right now who can text the Brandon Royers or text Spencer Halls or text Avery Bradley. And there's a you know a, a sophomore who could text me or text Zach Levine. And we never leave the community and we just keep, it's like each one's each one, just keep giving back. And that's all we ask. This guy gives back to the next generation. It just continues to go.
2: You broke a lot of ankles, including Ray Allen, a few times I saw in the highlights, but you know, you were another 39 years, 20 days. You, you uh, oldest to score 50, you broke Michael uh, Jordan's record. Not many people can say they broke a George. Do you remember that night? And, did, and when did you find out that you broke the record?
5: Absolutely. Uh, let's go back just a little bit. Um, you know, I was in a situation where I thought we were going to try to go for the playoffs. When I first went to Phoenix, myself, Trevor Ariza, uh, Ryan Anderson, Tyson Chandler. like, Hey, we're bringing the best and we're trying to go for it within a month, Trevor Ariza, uh, Tyson Chandler, are both gone and Ryan's not really playing. And I'm not really playing. So now we're kind of rebuilding. letting the young guys play fast forward to the end of the season. Uh, everybody's kind of hurt, and the coach was like, hey, just go out there and do your thing. I'm like, just go hoop? He's like, "Yeah, just go hoop. So I'm like, all right. So that month of April, besides that game you're talking about, I averaged 31 points and six assists, and more importantly, won half the games off the bench. And that was my highest score month in my career. In any month, 31 a game. And so going into that game, uh, I think I needed 25 at the time. Kobe Bryant was the only person, and I think Kareem was the only person to ever have three straight 25-point games. And so this all wow. makes sense in a second. So, so then I have, I'm like, okay, 25 is the number. I was just trying to win this dirt tonight. So I have 25 at the end <laughs> of the third quarter. Then I score 13 in the first four minutes of the fourth quarter. So now I got 38 with eight minutes to go, and that's the light bulb's like, oh, this is a 50 point night. i come off bench, Right? I've come off the in uh, The last decade i 've had great games i've had games where i had 37 35 i'm like there's just not enough time to me to be able to get 50 points off the bench and I, you know when, I mean, if you want to make guy laugh you tell him your plans and it's like i'll show you he, it just i just got in a rhythm i felt like i was just outside i was in the playground i was just playing and my teammates like when somebody scores that many points it's never just about you like your teammates are getting you open and passing the ball coach is drawing you plays it's like everybody gets into this moment and so they just started finding me and i got lost into the game and, and Look up, and it's fifty-one points later, and then you're the oldest player to ever score, breaking your favorite player's ever is record. Right? I'm like, that's just <laughs> <Wow>. insane.
1: <laughs> Stacy mentioned Sorry
5: this. Sorry, it's so long-winded, but I had to make it. No, no, that's no,
3: that's great. man.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Stacy mentioned uh, the Seattle connection. Zach Levine, just coming off his first All-Star Game appearance, what's your relationship like with Zach and how proud are you of what he's accomplished becoming from a guy who came into the league as just known as a good jumper and a dunker to becoming an all-around efficient player?
5: Yeah, I'm so happy for Zach. He's, I've known him since he was in high school. You know, he was the, the, the sophomore that we were inviting to the pro runs and let <laughs> him play with us and be in the gym with us and work out. with us, doing the same thing Doug Christie and Gary Payton did for us. And so to see him on this journey, see him on this track and, you know, kind of find his foot. And like you said, he was known as just kind of like the freak show, right? Just the athlete, the jumper. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, okay, he's a good player. He's on bad teams. It's funny. If you go back and look, I think last year, yeah, was his last year it was his first year at the Bulls or second year?
3: Second year. Second year.
5: Second year. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think his first first or second year, I said that. I said, Zach is going to be a star. They just have to, you know, be close to 500 because the talent's there. And for Zach, what I seen, we worked out this summer coming into the season. What I seen this summer was his patience. He didn't like force shots as much. He so kind of let the game come to him. He started getting other people involved. He started, you know, kind of being the hub, not just the scorer. He's like, you can play through me as well, and I can make plays for people. And then the points became easier. Like he's passing more, but he's scoring more points than he has. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like a combination of things. And to see him kind of lead that team and have them play off contention and make the All-Star Game just an unbelievable feeling. And I was honored to be uh, be one of the ones asked to be on the call to surprise him. So that was pretty
3: cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that, that was, was awesome That's seeing awesome. all the people come in and give him a special message. He's a, you know what? He's a great kid. I think Bulls fans now are getting a chance to see him more outside of just being Zach the basketball player. I mean, he's a great teammate. Uh, he's a respectful, respectful of people, teammates, former players. I enjoy sitting there talking to him because he, he's always just like he's with you. He wants sponge. He's like a sponge and he gets it from, you know, former players and he wanted to know what Jordan was like. And you tell him and it's like, you know, cause he grew up idolizing Michael as you did.
5: Yeah. The two things that really separate Zach to me is his work ethic and his humility. He's so humble. And so and it's not an act. It's not no. anything, but so you root for guys like that. Right. And you can tell he was raised, right? I know his parents really well. They're the same way. And he's just, he's unbelievable. And he, what you see is what you get. And the Bulls got a good one and, and very, very, very likely for sure.
1: Hey, Jamal, you got to answer this question for me. Something that's bothered me for, oh, wait, nine years. Back when the Bulls got to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2011, they were a shooting guard away from maybe winning it all. And they had a little bit of money to spend in free agency. And the top guys on the market that, that offseason were yourself, Jason Richardson, and Rip Hamilton. And I was, I was thinking to myself, if the Bulls signed Jamal Crawford, they're winning it all. And they ended up going with Rip Hamilton. Hamilton. Did they ever, did they ever talk to you or your agent about coming back to Chicago? Did it ever get serious?
5: Hey, I think we did have a conversation. I'm going to tell you the funny story. This, you guys are bringing stuff out and I've never seen it, actually. So, <laughs> they did talk to my agents, but I remember Derek and I talked about it a little yeah. bit at the time. Yeah, and it was uh, we had talked about it. So, you know, Derek was. I've always been the biggest, like, hugest Derrick Rose fan. Like, I love him. Missy Melody as well. Like, he's just a stand-up guy, and I root for him, and he's one of my favorite players of this era for sure. But I remember us talking about it some, and uh, it just never came to fruition. I think they, they got rid of and I think I ended up going to the Clippers after that, I believe. So, yeah, it, it was tough deal. But, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I've always been very fond of Chicago every time I came back to play there going to old restaurants I went to and, and just the people and the interaction. It, it makes you think like, wow, I was really here. I left, you know,
4: 17 years ago with people still in the city. It was like, I loved you when you were a Bull. And just that, that interaction,
5: Bulls fans
1: are unbelievable. Stacey, that could have changed history. They could have won a championship with Jamal playing the two-guard. I tell team. you, man,
3: I, I look back <laughs> on that, man. That was the one thing that they really miss is someone else that yeah. could create their own shot. And then Derek got hurt that year. And, yes, you know. yes, it was just uh, – he just brought back old memories, man. He's, he hit a man in the gut. Yeah. Now, Jamal, the, 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 tell our listeners what the transition was for you who you were a starter in this league for a long time, exciting starter. you know. And I, we all know what kind of teammates you are. You know, you there's no one can say anything bad about you as a teammate. They everyone speaks so highly of you, you won the, the teammate of the year award. Uh and people really love playing with you. So what was the transition for you like going from being a starter to being one of the top six men of all time?
5: Well, Stacey, you know how it is in the league and you guys know, I mean, covering the league, especially at that time, I didn't want to be known as a good player on bad teams. You yeah, you can get twenty points a game as team don't win. Cause you know after a while they put you in a box yeah I was like i don't want to go that box and and i, I won a, i won when i was a kid i won a high school championship when i was in college point and we won a lot you know i didn't finish the season but i was i've always was a winner it was never just about the numbers for me so i got to a point in my career and i just came off averaging almost 20 points for two or three consecutive years 1980 20 whatever and i got traded and i remember Rick's son came into my house and he was like you know what uh, we feel like with you being that third guard, that like first guard off the bench, you know, you can take our team to another level. And I said, you know what, I don't, I'll come off the bench, I'll, you know, do whatever you need me to do. I just want to win. You guys just want to the playoffs. So I'm not trying to rock the boat. Just tell me what you want me to do. And so my heart was saying that. But I remember so prep before that in the summers, we'd play pickup games. And I would always make sure I didn't go on to the second or third game because I wanted to mentally start preparing myself that I was going to be coming off the bench. And I remember. The first game, I came off the bench and played with the Pacers, and I, I took two shots. And and Joe Johnson and, and Coach Woodson was like, no, 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 no. This is I mean, You're looking at this wrong. Just because you're coming off the bench doesn't mean you're just not as important piece as you would be for your start. So we need you to lead the league and spot off the bench. So I'm like, oh, well that. that's all they had to say. And then I had to take rest of the way. I went six men a year. Uh, we won 53 games. We ended up losing to Orlando that first round. But it changed the course of my career. Like, I never – dreamed of being a six man. I never came off the bench in my life. You know, I was always starting. So for me, I was confident enough in my skills and I knew my heart and it was pure, purely about the team, but I was confident enough I could make the transition and not miss a beat. And it was a little harder than I thought at first, but then once I figured it out, I'm like, you know, look at the great teams. They always have a super sub, whether it's McHale in Boston, whether it's Nobly you know, with the Spurs, whether it's Jason Terry at the time in Dallas. I'm like, that punch is there for you. So I just went forward and fully embraced it and now what's really cool is to see kids at camps and you know across the country my son plays on so that tournaments all the time and say i didn't want to be a six man until you know you're one of the guys i saw change my perspective about being a six man it kind of became a cool thing and now lou williams is taking the torch and now jordan clarkson may take the torch and it's just it's an unbelievable thing unbelievable feeling
2: that's awesome you took it to the next level you're the second player in nba history off the bench with 10,000 that's pretty incredible. Del Curry had 11,000. But is there a player you remember that you would not want to see guard you? I mean, did any, could anybody stop you? I mean, was there oh, guys in the league? Yeah. Tony Allen. Allen? Oh. Yeah. Chicago. Chicago kid, yeah. Yeah,
5: Chicago kid, of course. You know how you guys see players take pride in scoring basket and the celebrations and everything. I feel like he was celebrating when he got a stop. Like him getting <laughs> a stop was like scoring a basket. So that was <laughs> oh right. Like to stop anybody that was coming. He took such great pride. And the thing about it is most defenders, they're long with their athletic, but most defenders have really good hands or they have really good feet. He had both. And he was like his whole, he was hell bent on stopping you. And I saw an interview you did on the, I think the Vernon show, maybe eight, nine months ago, and he said the hardest crossover he had guard, ever that he ever had to guard was mine. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way, because I couldn't sleep at night knowing I was about to
4: play him. So <laughs> the mutual respect that was there,
5: and we didn't know this, and we never talked about it. So the mutual respect that was there is, is, is what sports is about in mean, competition.
1: Well, we hope you get back in the league for the stretch run, but if you do not play any more basketball, what's in the future for Jamal Crawford?
5: I know I'll be around the game. I'll know all that, whether it's talking about the game, whether it's in a front office position trying to build teams. I try to do that now at LA Fitness. like, this, this guy should match up with him. And this
3: him. <laughs> you get so some work in now, early, be,
5: huh? I'll be, I'll be, yeah, I've been a GM for a long time and didn't know it. So I just don't <laughs> be around the game. I have two boys that play basketball all the time. So uh, I'm, a, I'm a lifer. I really am. And so for me, I'll, I'll be around the game in some capacity.
3: Before we let you go, what do you think about your Michigan Wolverines and the job that Juwan Howard has done there? Do you think they got a chance to win it all?
5: Oh, they have a, a serious chance. And, and you know, it's, it's it's weird. Once you start in anything with momentum, right, and once you start building that momentum, you start finding ways to win. Maybe games you should lose. You start finding ways to win that. And it, it, it cements the belief that you have and the belief that he has in them and they, they have it in him, so – you know it is, the tournament teams get hot at the right time, but they've been steady, and he's done an unbelievable job. And to see him, I don't know if you can see, uh, you can't on the camera, but I have a Five actually right there. They were, they were the reason I went to Michigan. So to see him have that kind of success back there, it means a lot.
3: You played with Jalen Rose for a little bit when he was here, right?
5: Was I he played here? with him two different times. I played with him in Chicago, and I played with him in New York as well. Yeah, uh, Jalen was one of my favorites. He was probably the main reason I went to Michigan. They promised me his locker, and that was it.
4: <laughs>
5: yeah that was it my 10 year old son son his name is actually jay and we're trying to think of something close so oh, okay yeah so, yeah we call him jj but yeah
1: well, Jamal, my son is a proud graduate of Michigan, so we'll be rooting for the Wolverines in the tournament unless they run into Stacey's uh, Sooners, right? That's right. That's right. They run into the Sooners, I'll, I'll have ball. to do that on the down low. I, I can't, 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 root, can't root against Stacey <laughs> out front, you know? Yeah,
3: don't worry. Yeah. they are going to get somebody this year. Don't no sleep. Stacey, I got one question for you. What's that?
5: Best player ever to you. Best player ever? Best player to you.
3: Oh man, you're gonna put me on the spot on my own show. <laughs> hey,
5: I, I, had, I had to flip it. I had to bring something of a different twist
3: to it. You, can top you, can top top give you top five. top five. I'll give you top five. I'll give you top five. Of course, MJ. Number you can put him anywhere, but he's he's in one. I got LeBron in there. Uh I'm going with I'm going with Magic, Larry Bird in there. And my fifth guy. <sighs> Ooh. Man. You gotta Will get a Chamberlain, big man baby. In there, yeah. Will Chamberlain, baby. Could nobody stop him? The Big Dipper. I mean, there is so many guys, Jamal, that you could put in there, man. Kareem? I mean, Kareem. Um, Bill it's Russell. really not even fair. Bill Russell's, you know, the all time greatest Russ- winning. I mean, but you know, it's almost one of those things where it's generational. You know, yeah. what generation you come, because there'll be some guys in this generation that will put guys, elevate those guys into those spots. You know, like if you, if we did a top 50 player of all time, half those guys would be that's off that top 50 just, that's now. You know what I'm is, saying? Yeah. 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 It's, 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 uh, you know, this, this league has changed, you know, this is a, you know, with analytics and everything that's involved in the game now, I mean, the game has completely changed. You know, I watched the All-Star game yesterday, and I was, uh, oh, man, Sunday. I mean, I was watching the All-Star game, and I was just like, wow, man, is anybody going to play some defense? Just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit.
5: I, I, I miss the All-Star games like where the best of the best compete at the highest level. Yes. Every basket missed something. The yes. I miss, I miss those All-Star
3: and they games. wanted, And they wanted to see who was the best. If you think yeah. you're the best – I'm going to show you that I'm the best and we're going to go yeah. head up. They don't do that yeah. anymore. It's all more, you know, yeah. and I understand they want the crowd into it and all that stuff, but I think the crowd would even be we'll more into it, Jamal, if you did that like they did the old way.
5: It's just like regular season playoffs, right? Like the, 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 the level of the, the crowd intensity, the level of the competitiveness on the court just continue rises. I think, that would be the best way, Marcus Stinger. You guys aren't
2: getting off the hook that, that, that fast. I need to talk. About it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, the Stinger. No, I mean every guy that uh, you know—Bird, LeBron, Magic. You know, you got to talk about Oscar. You know, Kareem. I mean, I remember watching Kareem; and he was unstoppable. And so I would put Kareem in. And I didn't see Wilt play or Oscar, but Kareem. So there's my five.
1: Hey Jamal, Stinger's a Boston guy. He thinks Tom Brady walks on water. Yeah, so, you know
5: he, he I was, does, doesn't he? I with Tom Brady Stinger. Yeah, huh? how about that? You was, went to school with him. Yeah. Well, yeah, we
2: yeah, and you saw what he had to do at Michigan. As a backup, and he was 12 and 5 at Michigan, oh my God. you know. Oh. And Lloyd call oh, Come with- on now, oh. come on
1: now. Who cares? Oh, we're gonna play the Michigan oh. fight song on the way yeah. out of this yeah. interview. Do we right? even have that on the soundboard? <laughs> 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 oh my goodness.
5: Tom Brady is
1: the he is the goat though. He is the goat. He's a goat. Hey Jamal, it's been so much fun catching up with you. Wait a, a minute, you. no, no, he wants no? to
3: know who you got your top
5: five. Nobody cares what I got. I
1: I got a couple of big guys in there. I would go with Kareem. I would go with Wilt. And I would go with Michael, Magic, and LeBron. That would be my top five. All
5: right. Who you got? uh, Michael, Kobe.
1: There you go. Ooh.
5: LeBron, Magic, Kareem.
3: Ooh, Magic, Kareem, Kobe. Yeah, a lot Kobe. of Lakers on that Kobe. top five.
5: Kobe, I, Lakers, I'm man. not going to lie, man.
3: Kobe Kobe, Kobe, yeah. Kobe
5: might
1: be on that Mount Rushmore for yeah, real, though. He's trying to get on Seriously. the Lakers for the stretch run, you know, pick up a ring. Yeah. I, I,
5: for sure. I,
6: I like that.
3: I'm oh, like, he, my god. He's my new
6: favorite guest. Well,
3: that's Southside oh. Susan. She's on the mic. I don't know who gave her a mic, but she just got on. She got something to say. <laughs> She's
5: on. Well, if she
1: got on, so we need her top five. Bulls. There you go. Top, go. Five bulls. Yeah. Top, top
6: five bulls. Top five bulls. Oh, goodness. I'm going to go.
1: Stacy.
5: Oh,
6: well, Stacy's number one for <laughs> Thank sure. You. Thank you. And checks MJ, in the mail. Checks in the mail. And I'm going to be partial to Horace Grant and Scotty okay. Pippen and
1: Jamal Crawford.
6: And Jamal no, no, no. Crawford. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Woo! <laughs> Boom.
2: Hey, Jamal, you're my
6: new favorite top five. Absolutely. <laughs> you're not my sixth man.
1: Hey,
2: top five guest.
1: Absolutely. Yes. yes. Jamal, it's been so much fun catching up with you. As we mentioned at the top, three-time NBA sixth man of the year, still going future strong Hall Famer. Ooh. Future Ooh. Hall of 40. Future Hall of Famer.
3: There you, there you go. go. I called it. He will be a future Why Hall not? of Famer. Why not? One are, of the most are, dynamic sixth man of all time.
5: If I just get in the hallway and get nominated, I'll, 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 I'll,
3: I'll be out the back door. That's enough of me. Yeah, trust right me. Now. You you, you will be in the Hall of Fame. You will be Trust no. me. So some of the things that you were able to do, some of the numbers that you put up, definitely warrant Hall of Fame consideration, and you will be deserving of it.
5: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And you guys got a part two for me for all that. Whenever you want me, I'll
4: be back. Oh, hey, we nice. appreciate that, bro. It was so nice. much fun Thank talking
1: you. to Jamal if, and once he's done playing if he doesn't want to be a coach, you go in the front office to be a broadcaster. He's a natural. Yeah. So we we appreciate you joining us. We didn't get one of John's special drinks. We can't send it all the way to Seattle, but next time you're in Chicago, we'll, we'll, we'll send take you, you out to lunch and we'll figure yeah. something out, okay? Right. Hey, hey
5: thanks.
3: Yo. A, a too big, too strong, too fast, one time. Yeah. Yeah. Too big, too strong, too fast, and too good.
5: <laughs> that too
3: describes
2: good. Right.
4: Sriracha. <laughs> give me the hot sauce. Hey, I wish oh, you played
3: for hey, I wish you played with us, cause as much as you shoot that three, I'd be yelling, give me the hot sauce every time you shot it. <laughs> give me the give hot me sauce, Jamal. Give me the hot sauce.
4: Sriracha.
1: Yeah, the biggest mistake of the front office, they didn't bring Jamal back in 2011. Amen. Thinking about what might have been. Jamal, thank you so much for joining us here on Give, Give Me the Hot Sauce. Coming up next, we go off the wall. The we got all sauce. kinds of crazy stuff to talk about.
4: <laughs> this
3: dude over here playing <laughs> with the mic. Oh, my goodness.
4: Thank you, guys. I
5: appreciate
3: it. All right, Jay, Appreciate it, big dog.
5: Stay in touch, boy.
1: We are back on episode 19 of Gimme the Hot Sauce. And you know, Stacey, one thing that's been interesting about our friends, John and Susan Walsh, <laughs> they've become world travelers, at least Susie has. Oh, she was in Alaska for a week posting pictures. I hope you saw that on the, on the Bubble Up roll. And we always post that every week, some behind-the-scenes look at how we prepare for our Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. And this weekend, they decided to jet off to lovely Tampa, Florida for a couple of days. You guys are only there for about 48 hours. I mean, talk about a quick trip. That's I mean, all you need. What Florida's not what it's cracked up to be, or what?
2: Hey, with my fair skin, you need a couple hours
1: of the pool. (laughs) You know, maybe a drink and a couple of
2: cigars, maybe, right? Uh, yeah, maybe.
1: maybe. Yeah, not. you were taunting us uh, on our group text with uh, some of the drinks you were enjoying yes, in Tampa. Yes. Well, we've talked about these drinks for the most <laughs> of the show, later but, in the show, so it might be more but, interesting but, now.
2: But I have to say, I'm I'm more of a beer guy and, and red wine, but <laughs> I did get turned on to a couple of fancy drinks, uh, the Royal Hawaiian, which, yeah. trust me, with the Empress uh, Gin, it, it it will sneak up on you the gin doesn't taste it right away and then of course the proper 12 I think you
6: have to mix it john I yeah think, well I think it looked, looked too pretty to,
2: it looked too pretty to mix but <laughs> the proper 12 pineapple i think the whole crew here has had one and it's it's delicious it's
1: got everything in it that you need So you know uh, you, the liquor's sneaking up on you when uh, the stinger called jamal carford zach in the interview oh. that's when you knew we had a problem that's when you knew it was a problem.
4: <laughs> I <laughs> say, he said they're Zach both from sack. Seattle.
2: Wow. you know, yeah, that's okay, man. I'm a stats guy. I, got, I gave him, I got good stats though. Oh, didn't yeah. Yeah. Stats. You definitely maybe you needed maybe going to be a cutoff. Hey, just you know, what Mark, stop being a hater George. because I just got a text from Jamal, my new friend, and he yeah. said, "Listen, I had a blast." <laughs> he a new <laughs> He called me Stinger. <laughs>
4: He called you Pete. He called you Pete.
2: Yeah. Well. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he he.
6: He thought you you were Kevin Mooney. Yeah. Oh
2: my God. He uh, Mark. He had a blast on our show. So.
1: Whoever you are.
6: <laughs> yeah. whoever, whoever you say yeah. you are,
1: everybody, yeah. to whom this may concern, I had a blast. Well,
6: Tampa was fun. I, uh, yeah. I, Thank, yeah. I,
4: Thank you. Thank you for continuing to make sure you got some more of those drinks. Yeah,
6: I think I'll take over since I'm drinking water. But yeah. yeah, you know, I thought I would go down there with a GoPro and, mm-hmm. and do a repeat of Alaska, but I kind of blew that. Um, Saturday, we were going to get a jet ski, and I thought it would be fun to put in the role, but um, it was raining. And um, mm. I think we did video we went on those scooters. Tampa's a really cool town. Yeah. I'd I'd never been there before and I was really impressed. I'm well, it's cool really...
2: when you go with your your uh, your hip uh, you oh, know our daughter, daughter who's yeah on our the cruise director. Who's making reservations at three different places yeah. and, and then
6: we checked them all out and, and keep... then
2: we're walking by scooters, she's like, Oh, let's do scooters. No, like, that was fine. You know, we we're walkers, so we would but we yeah. got on these scooters and we went all around Tampa. We we followed the Super Bowl route chanowski of where the, cool. the the trophy ended up we went on that route there.
1: everything leads back to tom brady
2: yeah you know, no was what we're
4: talking about he was stalking <laughs> tom brady's yeah. roots
3: yeah. back
2: to tom but
1: brady great tom
3: brady walked this path <laughs> yes he did the
6: two of them with my daughter this is where he threw the trophy oh
1: <gasps> man um, yeah it's funny how everything always leads back to stinger though because uh i guess there was kind of a misadventure uh, where he was trying to break Hotel rules by smoking a cigar, and that led to a very, rather, rather uncomfortable. Clearly says
3: no smoking in the hotel.
1: All public buildings, no smoking. And he
6: knows, well, long story short, he knows that I like to, I don't often drink a whole coffee, and Uh I don't care that it's cold, so I'll drink it later. So we woke up on Sunday, and he had taken a cigar and put it in a coffee, in my half coffee cup uh-huh. and put oh, the God, lid yeah. on it. And so I woke and so, up Sunday Would you like a
1: drink of coffee, no. dear?
6: No, I woke up two hours before the, the other two. Wait,
3: try to take her out.
2: <laughs> no, but
3: I, I think. Uh, is that an episode of Snack? I never,
2: it was like I never the,
4: thought the I walked that. in on the
2: crying game. She yeah. had her mouth <laughs> open. She was crying.
6: I was
4: throwing and, up in the sink. But oh, we did find no. out
2: she took two gulps.
4: I, <laughs> oh,
6: that is not true. I'm
3: getting
2: get sick it. thinking about fake
6: it. News, fake, fake news. Fake news. All right. And how did the rest of the vacation
1: go after? that incident
6: <laughs> well we so survived i had, I had yeah. all intentions to rent the jet ski on sunday and then there was a small craft advisory that got in my way so yeah, i, South I
2: South had a little small craft I, advisory going <laughs> <laughs> and is that a euphemism a, yeah a little bit of a euphemism <laughs> i mean there was uh you know there was some beverages and some wine not to mention so the she was getting summer. a drink on then basically a little bit she was letting her hair <laughs> yeah. down she was letting her hair down, yeah. her hair down. I, with my our daughter she likes to have wine and she's yeah. our daughter just
6: graduated drinks. from dayton so she's she's Catherine. Mm-hmm. quite yes, brits Catherine. abroad uh, she's brits abroad. quite beyond me okay yeah. so okay. you just you can't try so to keep still, up with yeah things.
3: she's on that college level exactly
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a fish yeah
6: she, has that, <laughs> she
2: still has that wooden leg she was <laughs> calling <laughs> us out for being lightweight really <laughs> wow
6: Anyway, that that's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, people. Forty-eight who, hours was enough, Mark.
1: People who chew tobacco at sporting events or stuff, you know, outdoors at at a Cubs game or a Bears game, you know, they tell the stories about spitting into a cup and accidentally having the beer in oh, one hand and, yeah. and doing oh! it. But your husband, your husband did it to you. That's what oh. makes it worse. That's disgusting.
4: Yeah, that's gross. Seriously, that, that is. That's it's awful. worse than a that, cigar. Yeah, that
3: well, might be worse than a cigar. Uh, I, much. So where know, are you guys
1: going next weekend? <laughs> uh.
3: Russia. We're
1: going to Russia. <laughs> just for 48 hours. I though. Think, yeah, yeah. 40 hours. Yeah.
6: No, I think I overdid it. I, yeah. um, I was so stir crazy. I just wanted to get out and live my life. And I, um, I'm looking forward to being bored for a few weeks,
3: actually. <laughs> well, that's awesome to have you back.
6: Thank you.
1: One of the things we wanted to get to on Off the Wall last week, we talked about growing up in the 70s or Woo! 80s, as the case may be, and, and uh, Stinger had an idea about... Things that we used to do when we didn't have video games or multiple television sets and all the rest of that stuff. And the we weather was to, nice. Had to go outside and actually yeah. play games. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. and climb trees. You know, I we get had, some exercise. Yeah, we had a chestnut tree where you, you crack open you know the shell and you know you put a string through it. You, Did you live on throw, a plantation? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> careful now, Greg McDermott. He's, he's like, yeah, <laughs> you yeah.
3: got a
6: chestnut
2: tree. I had a chestnut tree, <laughs> really? Yeah, we had a chestnut. That's what it's I'm Rhode saying. Rhode
6: Island, Stacy. Che- like I never like a yeah. chestnut tree. You live on like a
2: big. State? No, yeah. no, it was rolling. That's in their summer home. No. Yeah, their no, summer home. No. Yeah. Cape <laughs> Cod. Very we much. used to take a boat to
3: our no, no,
2: mansion. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, on the Hyannis port? Yes, yeah, on the compound. a yeah, no, it, it no. no, 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 blue collar, but it had a chestnut tree, and it had a pine tree, which was a great climbing tree, and to try to build forts in. And then we also had some mm. bamboo uh like a field of bamboo which was really cool because you could make when the bamboo in rhode island yeah it was weird uh, bamboo something was going on in the the soil but we had a band and we would make dirt paths for our our like our mic our bikes and ride not the banana bike but (laughs) but wow so i did bike but i was i was remembering the smell there's a uh what was i saying uh, the, the yellow, yellow plant. The fin- I can't even say it now, but there was this, you always remember that distinct spring <laughs> Another snack. round of drinks, John. Yeah, yeah. That is, uh, yeah I think that's no, what no, it's no, called for <laughs> It was a forcentia, and it had an almond scent to it, and I always remember that that scent and, and uh, Stacey,
1: we'll see if he edits this out. So
2: he gets home.
4: <laughs> I, I think he might
2: have to get that. Out
5: nobody of knows
4: <laughs> how dry I am.
5: Nobody knows how dry I am.
1: Proper number twelve takes down another victim. No.
4: Could be no. proper thirteen.
1: No. Yeah, <laughs> proper ding, fifteen.
2: Ding. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's all I. You know, maybe somebody else can jump. in <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're going down with the ship there Stinger oh, Stinger Stinger <laughs> we thought this was a different segment we're talking about stuff we did as
4: kids
3: oh you man know,
1: when I was growing up baseball was king and we used to try to Get everybody together early in the day, and we go to a, a local field, and and you get one field. You know, you had to hit the ball at the left field because there was nobody in the right. other field. Yep. But you'd play it from the moment out. you you woke up. You take a quick break for lunch. You go back and you play again. And I think that's something that kids now don't get a chance to do that kind of thing because they're always involved in either some kind of organized activity or playing video games. And now with spring and summer coming up, hopefully kids get back outside and, and enjoy the weather and, and get the exercise that they need. Stacy, we've heard a lot of stories about you growing up. What what do you remember? <laughs> Uh, outside of getting jumped by twelve people uh, on the Stace
3: playground,
6: taking the fifth on this. Well, one. you
1: know what? I had a, I had
3: a wonderful childhood. I'm not going to sit there and lie. It was a great childhood. Great memories. Great memories. <laughs> Any I, trees? I probably I probably no no no. We didn't climb no trees, man. No no. Let me tell you what we did though. We used to sneak in me and my buddies. Um, you know, it'd be like six seven of us, and we used to go into the apartment complexes because we'd have friends live in the apartment complex, and they had a swimming pool. None of us had swimming pools. OK, we didn't even have the little baby ones that you can put water in. We couldn't afford those. OK, so we so we go out to these these complexes and it'd be like we have a, you know, um, apartment complex. And then there's a thing called Sandpiper it used to be a hotel. You know, it's the best. Western. Yeah. yeah. So there is a pool there. So what we used to do, like six or seven of us, we go jump in this pool and we go swimming. OK, so so every time we went swimming to these different places, we'd always get thrown out by the super department. He's like, hey, you don't live here. Get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. And like, okay, wow, okay. <laughs> All right, so we come back the next day, do it again. I told you guys to get out of here, you don't live here, nah, 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 nah. So like he did this like for a long time, years. The guy always knew that we didn't live there. And there's a couple of times we got invited because you can invite, if you live there, you can invite kids to come in there. We'd be invited sometimes, he'd still kick us out. Oh. Okay, so as we got older, we started looking back on things. We said, you know, how in the hell did he know we didn't live there? Cause you got all these complexes and there's so many kids in these complexes. How would he know that we don't live there? Cause he'd always catch us. We'd be swimming, get out of that pool, you don't live here. So, <laughs> so I'll be like, wow, man, I started, we started thinking. And the reason why, cause we were black.
4: <laughs> uh-huh.
3: we, we were the only, we were the only black kids that were in the pool. We didn't have black kids living in an apartment. And it was just, it was just like mostly whites and there was no black kids living in this apartment. So when we would come in there swimming, that's how he knew. Oh. And I never knew that. And I was just like, how does he know? Like, how does he know I don't live in apartment 7C or my friend doesn't live in apartment 8C or whatever. And it was like, we were the only black kids in the complex. And that's how they, they would know. And we did the same thing over at Sandpiper at the Best Western. We sneak in and in, and you go swimming again. Now, definitely, they know we don't live there because we can't afford to stay at that hotel. So that would that would give us a way there. But the apartment complex, it took us years to figure that out, like why he didn't, and it, we laughed about it, you know, later on. Like, okay, now I know how he knew, you know. But when we were kids, you didn't know. It's like, man, he's just, is he psychic? You know, and then, I don't know if you guys did this when you were younger, but- everyone those apartment complex would have Coke machines on the outside of, you know, yep, the right. building, okay? And the apartment complex would always order like a case of Coke. So if they were missing certain things, they'll give me a case of Sprite or whatever. So the Coke guy would come in and we'd be like a bunch of hyenas. We'd be hiding in like, <laughs> <laughs> hiding behind walls and just watching him, just watching him. Because what he did was, was that when he would take the Cokes, and this is what he used to do in the olden days, is when they, when they had too many Cokes, And they still ordered that many. They left them up top. They they left them behind the machine, and they would stick them behind the machines.
2: Are these bottled or cans? No, they're cans. Okay.
3: And they'd stick them behind the machine because there'd be uh, a cutout in the back where the machine was and everything. And he'd stick six or seven cokes back there. And not so we'd be, up, we'd be over there hiding like, you know, the Serengeti, like, you know, we're like, we're like some hyenas. And as soon as he takes off, we're on the move Boom. and we're running and it's hot. It's hot, it's hot as hell. And Oklahoma like a hundred and some degrees. So we're running and we got to get there quick. Cause anybody says, Hey, get out of here. What are you guys doing? So we go in there and we, we steal the Cokes. We're criminals. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't turn out to be a criminal. I was a criminal back in the day. So we get these Cokes or whatever it was, you know, Sprite or whatever. And we were just so happy. Coke's about hundred degrees. It's hot. Uh, <laughs> it's like drinking a hot coffee. Yeah. But as kids, you didn't care. Yeah. You didn't care. It was just, we got the Coke. It's That's free. Awesome. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is. And we did that like every summer. That was like so much fun for
2: us. So was there anything you did um, that you didn't break the law? Uh, as, as yeah. A, <laughs> you know, remember,
3: remember the days, remember the days, <laughs>
2: like remember the days when you, you know, you'd be outside playing
3: and you didn't want to go all the way home to get water. So you go to your friend's house and drink out the hose. Oh, like, right. you remember those days? Oh, remember yeah. those days? They oh. don't do that anymore. Yeah. Okay? yeah. No telling, because oh, you, yeah. you don't know what's in the water. Oh, yeah. But back in the day, Woo, like, you didn't want to go the all best. the way home, and then you go, you know, knock on the door. Hey, Mike, can we get some water out the hose? First, we'd ask Mike, can we come in? And then Mike said, I can't have you guys in. Mom's at work. She won't let you in. Okay, can we get some water out your hose? Yeah, go get water out the hose, whatever, yada, yada. We used to do things. I was, <laughs> telling, I was telling Timmy Whispers this. Like, we would be outside. We never wanted to go back home, because if we went back mm-hmm. home, your parents made you stay home you know, you had only a certain amount of time you could be outside. We had to be in before the streetlights came on. But if we kept going in and out of the house and making the air, the cool air leave the house, we had yeah. to stay in. So we never went back. No kids ever went home. So we'd be playing an open field and there'd be like a stream of water, you know. And so you'd be playing, you're hot. <laughs> it's like, you're like thirsty. And then what you do is we like, we just drink out the stream.
4: <laughs> and oh, and, and
3: not know anything, but let me tell you something. It probably built up my immune system. Oh yes, like, yeah, did. yeah. It probably I haven't. I mean, knock on wood, I haven't been sick. So maybe we were doing something right back <laughs> in the day, true. drinking out the stream. But then we didn't think about this. Maybe what if some animal? Yeah, you know, went to the bathroom there. We didn't think that though, because because when you see the stream, like we didn't drink dirty water. It had to be clear water. Oh, yeah, it sure. had to be clear water. Well, so if you see clear water coming through, it was okay to drink.
2: You know. Yeah
3: so oh, we did it
6: okay. yeah
2: no as long as it's clear
6: yeah. yeah i was i was following you i was gonna say it's very interesting how on the <laughs> south side of chicago we played the same games you did all the way up to the stream
4: yeah
6: no but that's country
3: that's yeah we, that's
4: we drank
6: we out of the hose but my brother would hold the hose and Hey, it's your turn. And then, you know, he squirted me it. in the face. Yeah, yeah. Right. I couldn't. And so I gave you don't that see up.
3: You don't see stuff like that. I mean, like, you know, like we would have phone calls. Like if we wanted to go watch, because we, in Oklahoma, you know, it was OU football, and then it was the Dallas Cowboys. Those were our two teams. So if any one of those teams were playing, you know, we all were in the house watching those games. But when that game was over, okay. it was automatically Absolutely. known by everybody. We're meeting at the field, you know, 3.30. We're yes. going out there. And everybody was there. There was no, let's let's arrange a play date. Let's uh, schedule something. We just knew. and we it was played, understood, yeah. Yeah, and we played on Fields Mark. You know, it had rocks and stickers on it. Yeah, and yeah. you know, you were getting cut up when you come home. You didn't care, no, you know? And, and then we would play cross town kids. Like we'd get on our bikes and have road trips. Like we'd run, you know, ride 15, <laughs> 20 miles. Cause these kids all went to school. And you know, yep. there'd be a lot of jaw jacking in class. You know, we'll beat you in street football. We'll beat you in basketball. All right, we'll be there on Saturday. <laughs> (laughs) And you ride, and we ride on our bikes like a bunch of like uh, like Unforgiven. We coming in two two two. We coming in, (laughs) and we would play these guys. And as you got older, it became money. You know before it was just pride and you know my neighborhood against your neighborhood but as you got older oh. it, it became money and we were playing for money
6: back to the criminality. yes yeah, so, you know
3: that's a, that hurt, that hurt that hurt yeah, that. hey listen sometimes you got to do what Sorry. you got to do you know what i'm saying i mean we, hey, it was all legal back in the day you know, we didn't rob anybody but you know and then yeah, how about this see all these stories just bring back memories like remember when you used to go to a grocery store and your parents left the car on and they you know, they left it running. Yeah, not a, not remember on those the days? South side of Chicago. Well, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not on where you sorry. from, but when we grew up, you know, you could leave the car running. There's a lot of things you and you know, kids could leave their neighborhood, yeah, and not worry about being not snatched anymore. up by some crazy person. You know what I'm saying? And there was a neighborhood wide. I mean, it was just, yeah. it was so innocent back in those days. You know, it's it's not the same anymore. Nah.
1: Speaking of being snatched up by some crazy person, some of you are probably wondering, Stacy invoked the name. Timmy Whispers, where's Whispers? You, well, you know, normally by yes. this time he's dropped some kind of double Timmy. entendre that everybody's going, "Oh my God, I can't <laughs> believe you said that." Whispers, well, whispers. he's he's back in Florida for the second time this winter, enjoying some R and R. Must be yes. nice. Yeah, must, must be, be nice. nice to be a man my of boss. leisure. So, must yeah. be nice, Timmy Whispers um. is on the poster. Uh, you can it. see him over John's shoulder, and he will be back again next week on the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast we're going to take a quick break here and when we come back we're going to do rapid fire on some of the other stories making news in the world of sports <laughs> Well, I tell you, off the wall never disappoints. We get Stacy telling stories about his childhood growing up in Oklahoma. You never know what he's going to reveal. That was some great stuff there. Now we're going to talk. Uh, get back to the old sports roo We're going to go rapid fire. Hey, a new sound effect. That's some pretty good stuff. Oh man. wow! <laughs> oh, hopping it. Hey, the NFL is in center stage. One of the big stories. Stacy, growing up in Oklahoma, are you a Cowboys fan? Yes, Ski. Dak Prescott. He got paid. He got the biggest contract uh, they've ever seen in the NFL. 160 million dollars over four years. 126 million guaranteed. A 66 million dollar signing bonus. And and after all this, they've been feuding for almost a year. I guess uh, Mr. Jones took care of all <sighs> <laughs> that. You were born too early, Stacey.
3: You know what? I'm for I'm for everybody getting their money. Okay, but when you're talking about football you know when you make that type of money and you you designate that type of money to a quarterback okay it takes away from the rest of the team okay how many how many games has Dak Prescott won what's his record what's his playoff record you know that's the kind of things I'm looking at
2: you He's know, one I, and two in the playoffs. Yeah,
3: I, I'm. I'm looking. How many times have been to the playoffs? I mean, what, what's his record? What's the record of the Cowboys over the last ten years, John? I know we were talking about this. A lot, a lot of losing seasons. Lot of losing
2: though, seasons. Yeah, we, we looked at it. Uh, twenty the last twenty seasons, they've been five hundred or below. Ten, ten of those yeah. twenty.
3: Yeah, and listen, <laughs> I mean, you have quarterbacks in this league, and I know Tom Brady, you know, is is a rare breed, but you have a lot of these guys who are taking less money to build their team up. And they understand in order to win a Super Bowl, to win a championship, you have to have balance. You have to have the pieces to win. So therefore, your defense, you have to have, be able to spend some money on your defense, your, your special teams, your offensive line. I mean, things that are so important to protect that quarterback. And so when you see these guys getting paid all this money at the quarterback position, how can they even complain when they're getting sacked? Well, you, know,
2: you, you said, you know, who was it that took... Oh, the, it, was, it was
3: Deion Sanders. I was listening yeah. to Deion Sanders a couple of days ago on a podcast, and he made an interesting uh, comment. You know, he said, the quarterback wears the C on his chest for the captain, okay? But when when things go good, he's always in the front. When things go bad, it's the front office, you know, this, the, the blame. I don't have enough talent around me. You know, well, the reason why you don't have enough talent is because there's no money to give someone else. So... Yeah. That, that is really a problem in the NFL. I mean, the, the NFL quarterback is, is very important. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to, you know, make it seem like it's not that important. But as, you, as we've seen over the last few years, team balance is important as well.
1: Continuing here on Rapid Fire, another quarterback in the news. Sound effect, Rich. There we go there
6: you go Ritz. we'll get it right
1: so dak prescott is off the list of teams that russell wilson would accept a trade to that's down to three one of them is the chicago bears and i know a lot of pundits are saying what could the bears possibly come up with to entice the seahawks to trade a franchise quarterback like russell wilson but if russell forces the issue here i know that, uh, he, that some of the bears have been campaigning to get him over here and he likes the idea of a big market like chicago
3: Forget Russell
1: Wilson. Wilson. Forget
3: Russell Wilson. Wilson. Forget him. <laughs> Go after Deshaun Watson. Go after Deshaun Watson. I I, I don't know what the Bears, listen. <laughs> Russell Wilson is a, is a very good quarterback, okay? But you got a kid who I believe is, who was a franchise quarterback in Houston. I believe that he's a winner. You heard Dabo Sweeney talking about he'll be the Michael Jordan of quarterbacks. And I still believe that. You put him in a system, let him play football. He makes plays. His teammates love him. He's played with minimal talent over the last couple of years. You got rid of all his good players, and he's still putting up crazy numbers. Yeah. And so if I'm the Bears, that's what I would do. I would, I would try to get some kind of package to get him because he's younger,
1: and to me he's got a bigger upside. Bears slapped the franchise tag on Allen Robinson, their star wide receiver, which I think he's going to get paid the average of the top five wide receivers, about $17 million for next season, unless they can work out a long-term contract. They basically had to keep this guy. He's one of their few great offensive weapons. Listen, he's
3: he's one of the top receivers in the game, if you ask me. And it's not his fault that they can't get him the ball for him to operate like they did the year before. Um, He's a big part of their offense. You can't let a guy like that walk. And, you know, I would like to know, like, OK, with the franchise tag, you know, you offered him, you gave him all this money. Like, how much is that guaranteed as a receiver? You know, how much of that, 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 you know, is that money guaranteed
1: compared to. Yeah, like, it is guaranteed. So
3: 17 million is guaranteed. Yeah. So that's what he's getting next year. Well, good for him. <laughs> good for him. <laughs> if a quarterback can do it, give it to the receiver. Is there anybody else out there that needs uh-huh. to get paid and deserves it? Offensive alignment, We need to get some offensive alignment paid.
1: We talked about Stacy's Oklahoma Sooners earlier in the show. Conference Sooners, tournaments going on across the country this week. Did you catch the uh, the mask that Io DeSumo was wearing for Illinois? Now he looks like the Green Hornet or something. he says it makes him feel like a superhero.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, LeBron tried to wear that and they wouldn't yeah. let him right the you know, NBA yeah. they wouldn't let him wear it but it looked pretty sweet like i i had to admit it looked pretty it cool looked you know cool. it was cool
1: he even showed up with that to uh, the news conference he still was wearing it he saw, it made him feel so yeah, strong and powerful. yeah yeah he, he it looked pretty cool I, I i will admit that looked really cool that was a big win for them too right you know illinois is up to third in the in the latest ap poll they beat michigan handily last week and and i think this is a team that could be dangerous in this tournament because of the fact they have that inside outside balance this backup point guard this andre corbello kid He's flashy with the ball. He's got really good handles. They got to get some guys to make some outside shots. I think that's their one potential weakness. They played Baylor early in the year. It was a close game, and Baylor won. I I think Gonzaga is the team to beat. But who who else do you think could be a dark horse outside of the Gonzaga Baylor one-two punch? Well, I really think Oklahoma. There
2: we (laughs) go.
3: There we go.
5: Hey, (laughs) hey, don't get mad.
1: It's on the banner.
5: It's on the
3: banner right there. I'm always wrapping my scissors. Okay, (laughs) so yeah, let me no being honest. Yeah, the Sooners, but let me, I'm going to be also honest again. Um, I like Michigan. I, I, I think Michigan will will travel well. They'll be in a bubble situation, and that's going to be weird for a lot of these kids, you know, being in a bubble situation. I know they play without fans, some fans in the arena, so they're used to that. But being in one location for the whole tournament, that's going to be really weird for a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm, yeah. So you're going to see some teams probably not be able to
2: make the adjustment. T- make the
3: adjustment. You saw that in the bubble with the NBA. Yeah. Guys were complaining about it. And
2: yep, Paul I, didn't, I didn't
3: feel like, yeah, you know, playoff Paul.
2: <laughs> hey, I, I just want to go back to something because I haven't really said much, but I wanted to. Thank you. I, what do you need to talk about? <laughs> I, what I was just going to say, I agree with a lot of things you say about the NFL. We see things through the same lens. And, you know, looking at Deshaun Watson's numbers, this guy started 53 out of 54 games, 104 touchdowns, 36 interceptions, 104.5. I think the king, I think the king is right. That's the guy you want. Oh, absolutely! You
1: know, it's, it's just going to be so hard to get him. I don't yeah. think the Bears could put together a package to get him.
2: Whatever
3: you got to do, four number one. Whatever you got to do to get him, yeah. because honestly, I mean, even if you, <laughs> I know the number one picks. I, you know what, the value is at three, four, five in the later rounds. Oh, no, yeah. Number one is number one is not. It, it's sexy. It's yeah. sexy, but it's not value. It's, it's the, not it's championship. The, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's not. It, it's the later rounds where you get. A Hall of Famers, especially yeah. in football, in football, yeah. in, in, in the NBA first round. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, maybe baseball. I don't, I mean, I don't really know about that, but maybe, but in, in football, it's, it's been proven. Hall of Famers come after the first round. Big time. So there's been some guys late, 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 you know, in the draft turn out to be Hall of Famers. So, so what you got to give up for future first round picks. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? You got a franchise quarterback.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and Ryan Pace will be out of a job in a year if he doesn't get it right anyway. <laughs> well, well, listen, he, he might well trade those picks. Go for
3: You know, a lot of people didn't think he got it right with Trubisky. Then, And this is his opportunity because he had an opportunity to get Deshaun Watson in the draft. And he had an opportunity to get Patrick Mahomes. So now this is an opportunity for maybe him to correct a wrong and get the quarterback that he needs that could take them to the next level. I'm still a Trubisky fan. Don't get me wrong. I'm Hey, hey Mitch is my guy. But if I got a chance to get... You know, Deshaun Watson, I'm taking that shot.
1: If only they would have taken Deshaun out to dinner when, that draft year. You know that story, that they they had extra time with Mitch and they met with Patrick Mahomes. They never had a private meeting with Deshaun Watson.
4: What?
1: what? That's why the Bears are in this situation they're in right are now. Are you serious? That is the story. Is that they like John had a private meeting with him? Yeah. <laughs> so they now, didn't
3: have a meeting with so this kid? I'm not
1: sure if Deshaun would be all that excited about playing for Ryan Pace. So, wow. That's the story.
3: Oh,
2: yeah.
3: oh, man. I did not know. See, we learn all these inside stories, you know, from Mark Chanowski. He's yeah, got his ear to the
2: streets.
1: He does. All right. That's what? Gonna, that's going to bring it close to rapid fire. Let's get the rifles back out as we get ready to <laughs> ah, take it on the down low. That's next on Give Me the Hot low. Sauce. <laughs> Having so much fun here, we want to thank our sponsor, Bubble Up. The cloud reimagined bubble up is the new way to visually organize any kind of content all in one place we appreciate their support of the show again you want to check out that bubble up roll that john and susie put together every week takes you behind the scenes of our planning as we go into gimme the hot sauce gives you more information on the topics we talk about a chance to organize all your files in one place so check it out the bubble up roll always a part of gimme the hot sauce as as is on the down low you never know what's going to come up this week you know, one of the things we noticed when we were looking at the calendar as we check in the bubble-up file is that March 8th was the 50-year anniversary of Ali Frazier 1. Ooh. You know, Ooh. I'm older than you guys, so I... I Here we go. Yeah.
4: Hey, I
1: listened <laughs> listen to that fight on the radio in my parents' bedroom. Yeah, you, are yeah. you are old. You are old. So the Jimmy only way you, The only way you could watch it is if you had to go to a theater watching on yeah. closed-circuit Boy, you television. You are
2: old. Yeah, yeah. you are. Wow. <laughs> I thought he was going to say he's in... Vietnam, the rice <laughs> paddy. I told you I didn't. It
1: wasn't eligible for the draft.
3: Hey. Oh my god! I can just see Mark Living with one of those big radios listening. Yeah, yeah. I was listening yeah. to the
1: fight. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, man, you are old man. Yeah. You don't look
3: it though. I was a big Ali
1: it. fan, and I, it just crushed me when when Smoke and Joe knocked him down in the fifteenth round and got the decision.
3: Yeah, but wasn't that after he was out of boxing yeah. for a couple? He got of a years? couple of tune-up yeah, fights, but yeah, yeah. That, that that you know I don't count that as a loss.
1: I don't because he took care of business the next two times. Yeah.
3: And I mean, and, and, but to, to his defense though, I mean, you know, he never ducked anybody. Joe Frazier never ducked anybody. You know, that, that era of boxing was the golden era. You know, the best always fought the best. And that's what's lacking in boxing today. You know, you go back to the Sugar Ray Leonard, Tommy Hearns, Roberto Duran, you know, marvelous Marvin Hegler. Uh, You know, you go back to Salvador Sanchez, you know, uh, Danny Red Lopez. Oh, man, you look at all these great fighters. They always fought the best in their prime. They didn't wait till they turned, you know, twenty years past. And they fought problem. a
1: lot too. It wasn't like one yeah. fight a no, year. No, it,
3: it was it was a multiple times they fought. And like, I think yeah. that's why that's why there's such a huge fan base in, for boxing, even now, even though they don't fight. I mean, you see a guy like you know Floyd Mayweather, who I love, I love Floyd Mayweather, but he didn't fight Pacquiao when he was at his height, and you were at your height. No. And I would have loved to see that fight when both of them were at their highest level and they're in their peak, their prime how that would have turned out.
1: You guys remember seeing the clips of the George Foreman, Joe Frazier fight where he was literally yes. knocking him around the wrist. Yes. That was yeah. one of the most frightening exhibitions of heavyweight punching power I've ever seen. George Foreman
3: was like the original Mike Tyson, but bigger. Yeah. Like George Foreman went in there literally trying to hurt you. you know. And it's so funny now when you go back and you, you see George Foreman's transformation from being this bully, this mean guy, to this sweet, lovable The selling the, grills the selling yeah the grills. George Foreman grill. Yeah. yeah. But if you go back and you, you know, there's a there's a story, the George Foreman story, uh, I think HBO has it. You should check it out. It's really awesome and it goes it, it you know it goes back to when he won the Olympic, you know, medal right. and and you know where he grew up in Houston, Texas, very poor. It's I, I love those kind of documentaries, but it's something that, you know, I think our, our listeners should go check
2: out. George Foreman was a puncher. Oh my no doubt about yeah. it, and I can remember sitting in my apartment, and he fought Jerry Cooney, and the guy I lived with. He was a huge boxing guy. He, he matter of fact, his family bought the Ali uh, training facility in Pennsylvania. So uh, yeah, they, that that whole he, he they bought that whole thing. But I remember he went to grab a piece of pizza, and he turned around, and Cooney was on the
1: on the mat, and he's like, "What the heck happened to <laughs> Jerry Cooney?" Yeah, you it's know. like a Tyson fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it's over before you get in your seat. So I guess you guys have some man code violations you want to talk about? What what's John, you have a man code violation? Uh what? Man
2: code violation? <laughs> what uh what uh, man... I'll tell you man code violation. <laughs> yeah, what? I I I just had one recently. Okay? What's
1: that?
3: Okay, so you know what? <laughs> So you know <laughs> I'm not going to give, I'm not going to give any names. Code, uh, yeah. Violation. I'm not going <laughs> to give anybody names. Okay. So, you know, being an athlete, you know, you make a good play. Somebody slaps you on the butt, you know, good play way to go, you know, and you can deal with that because that's just what you do as an athlete. You know what I'm saying? But when you're like 50 fifty-something years old and someone comes up and slaps you on the butt and says, man, whoa, whoa. yeah, 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 yeah. That just happened. That just happened to me.
2: What, wait, yeah, somebody wait slapped me on the butt. Whoa, whoa. You, you get a lot of weird. like listen, a I'm gem. just saying,
3: man. Somebody, a, a friend of mine. A friend? A friend. Yes, yes. He, he may not be a friend anymore after this. I felt violated. You remember, his, it's like you hear Listen, man. Listen, don't even go there, okay? That's after we
1: shovel the king's driveway. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, see, so you go see. I'm not messing with you right now. We, Snow's melted. It's, so, it's gone. Yeah, there, yeah, he can't work now. Tim, Timmy
6: here. will be so proud of you, Mark.
3: Yeah. <laughs> So, so before I was really interrupted by Shnowski <laughs> and his comments, yeah, it happened to me. Man code violation. Yeah.
2: That's more than a man code <laughs> violation, I think. Just, uh, just my <laughs> friend walked assault. up to me.
3: I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. You know, because I know COVID, you can't touch people. and you know, I get that. Yeah. You know, now you're giving elbow bumps but, and stuff. So, so, so he just came up to say, man, you're doing a great job. Boom. I really love listening to you and Adam, you Ooh. know, on the broadcast. Yeah. It's totally so, uncalled for. So I was like. You know how you get like a yeah. scratch on <laughs> Buy me dinner. I'm like, yo, like, yeah, what <laughs> is going on here? I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, that's a man code violation. Like, Big time. You man could have just easily told me that. violation. Like, he literally, like, it was like I was in a game. Yeah. He's like. Man, you would have had a pow doing
2: a great job. Hey, i I've seen several man code violations at the health club recently. Just yes. I always think of the king when we talked about the man. And it's like I just start I just go, put some clothes on. I just say that. <laughs> Is that what you yeah? do? Yeah, I do. Cause I mean I'm like,
4: wow. put some clothes
2: on. Clothes, please. What? <laughs>
4: So, so you're easily.
3: saying? So wait a minute. So so naked people are walking around, yeah. Yeah. and you're just bullying them. Yeah. Like,
2: <laughs> hey, put some what? clothes on. Yeah. Well, put, put some clothes on. What would you do?
1: I mean, what would I, you? I do? think what you should have done is put a cigar in their water bottle.
2: <laughs> that seems to be your number one move. I, yes. I, I'm just. I'm just like. You know what? Put some clothes on. You're not at home. But you don't
3: know? you feel like seriously though? Don't you think that's like too obsessive like don't you think that's like really out of line like i, I listen <laughs> no you know i mean i'm out of no, line no 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 anybody's out of line like when you're walking naked in the in the hell club and like for instance you're on the you're on a bench you're, you're tying your shoe and then here comes a guy oh. bending over you know butt ass naked right next to you you know what i'm yeah, saying that's and I'm, what I'm like i'm like yo man come on yeah hey, can you give me a little space here right a little space thank you you know I, I don't like that right I'm telling you, man. There's been a lot of. There's been, at the health club. You'll see a lot of man code violations. A lot, a lot of man. Too yeah, many. I almost, I almost want to put a sign up yeah. saying, you know, man code violations are being watched. Yeah. Well, I mean,
2: <laughs> they have the suggestion box. Maybe they can do a man code violation. I'm by, telling you.
3: Can, I'm telling you, dude. I've seen, I've I seen a lot of man. Code. That's why I hate going in the locker room. I, I just like, I just rather go home sweaty. It's like, I'll just take a shower at the crib. I'll just take a shower at the crib, man. I'll just dry off, pat dry, get get dude wipes, wipe myself That's down. Right. You don't want to go through that. Dude that wipes, emotional. And I'm going home. I mean, it's, it's emotional drama. I don't want to go in there, and I don't want to see somebody sitting butt-ass naked on leather furniture watching TV. <laughs> what was
2: I mean, the seriously? line? What was the line? He said, the guy knows like, do you want to see anything else? you want to
3: see anything else? <laughs> I'm like, go put some damn clothes on. That's what I want to see. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, I'm telling you. Boy if anybody else has any man code violation please put them in our box if you have been violated by any- <laughs> if you've been violated at any cause, put them in our boxes we like to know and we we'll, we will read them on the on our show about the man code violations
1: hey before we get out of here I want to thank rich for being a trooper uh, How about rich? Up some new equipment rich. And, and we also got to get the inside story of uh Chuck Swirsky's victory dance. Are you the guy videotaping now? Uh, take a microphone over there. <laughs> yeah, come do, on, do, man. You, do you have to help yeah, out with that? Yeah, let's uh, that? Yes, I do. It's awesome. It's it's fun. Now, now does he plan this ahead of time? Does he choreograph the moves
3: or, yeah, or is sounds it just like kind man of a code spontaneous violation. Yeah. that might be a manco violation? <laughs> yeah, he uh he does coordinate a dance to it and uh, we picked some songs together and he found the best one that he likes and uh, so we're kinda doing it that way. Does he,
1: does he ask you for feedback before the performance like yeah. hey, Rich, what do you think about this? Should I incorporate some dribbling into it or it's his it's his bit. I
3: let him do his thing. He's an artist and I'll let him perform.
1: <laughs> he's an artist. the yes. artist. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, an artist, formerly known as Chuck Swirsky. <laughs> Story has to go. There back you to go the, on the download. We got the inside story, inside scoop with the great Chuck That You can Swarovski. only get here on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Keep so we'll, dancing, Chuck. <laughs> Rich, thanks so for your help. Y'all. Take us out, Rich. <laughs> and we want to thank Jamal Crawford, our special guest on episode 19 next week on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Another Ooh. headliner, BJ Armstrong, is going to join us. That's going to be a kid. lot of fun. Wow. Talk about stories about playing with Stacy King. He also represents Derek. Rookies Rose. together, right? That's yep. right. Yeah. Yep all kinds of stories boosting people over a fence and uh, you know we had some great stories (laughs) me and bj great stories that's coming up next week on give me the hot sauce thank you so much for listening again you can always find us on youtube as well coming at you with a new show again next week stacy Drive
4: home. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I had too much of, of John's drink. drink. I was in La La Land,
3: little. I'm sorry, people. I'm sorry, America. Hey, drive home safely. Beep, beep. There's
1: a cutoff here. Is there a cutoff here? Cut Call me a off, please. <laughs> the two-drink limit, baby. Woo. Yeah, forget the two-drink minimum. It's two drinks. is all you That's can take. It.